Hey, everybody. Welcome to Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy, and you definitely sound sick. I think I might be. I need to go. My kid's school has a free at-home COVID test that you can pick up in the office. Wow. Yeah, they're fancy. So I might need to go just for everyone's peace of mind. I'm 99.9% sure it's cold just because that's what it feels like but it's because it's cold season because it's cold season and yeah. you know kids are disgusting and now they go to school and... oh gosh i'm sorry keep us posted it's, it's all right hey you know we publish two episodes every single week but if that's not enough for you, you can always find us outside of the podcast you can hop into our instagram which is megan and wendy lss or you can join our Facebook group, which is Long Story Shorties, and I have an announcement about something happening in there a little bit later in the episode. Uh, I see your note. <laughs> <laughs> that has as much enthusiasm as I can get towards it right now. But okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, you can also email us anytime at meganandwindy at gmail.com. We have a very interesting email this week. This email is from Jackie, and on a recent episode of the podcast, we said, hey, let us know how you found us, because we're very curious. We can't track that sort of thing. And so Jackie very kindly wrote in with her long story short origin story, and she says, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. I found it by accident. I was looking for a short story podcast a friend recommended. I subscribed it, realized it was the wrong podcast, and forgot about it. It wasn't until I got a job as a park ranger in a remote location that I rediscovered Long Story Short. With no internet, I started digging through my phone for any kind of entertainment. Apparently, it had been auto-downloading episodes. I gave the podcast another try and discovered that I really liked it. It's especially good for relaxing right before I go to bed. I've now listened to every episode, so thank you for making Long Story Short. You have a fan on a mountain in Washington. That is so thrilling to me. <laughs> I'm dying to see, like, Jackie out in her remote location, like, take a selfie or something and send us it. I'm dying to you, see long it. Long Story Short. <laughs> yes! Yes! That's very exciting. I love that. And I love that it has, like, a little bit of a hint of, like, a Hallmark movie in the making, like, on a remote mountain. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if Jackie listens to our Hallmark episodes, too. I mean, she says she's listened to every episode, but she doesn't differentiate. So, yeah. Hey, guys, um, if you have a long story, short origin story, we would love to hear it. You know where you can email us. MeganWinnie at gmail.com. That's right. Talk to me about TV. Dude, you haven't watched any season two of Ted Lasso, have you? I have watched half of season two of Ted Lasso. I just finished the Christmas episode last night. Okay, because last time we talked about Ted Lasso, you said you were waiting to have like a couple episodes that you could like watch in succession so you didn't have to wait week to week. Yeah, and also, you know, I'm a bad TV watcher, so I'm behind on everything that I enjoy, but I am, I'm moving, I'm moving through. Okay, and how do you like season two so far? Well, (laughs) um, I do think it is picking up steam for me. Uh We already know that it's a three season series. And so (sighs) I don't love it as much as I loved season one. Mm -hmm. Season one just felt so good. It was like that show that we needed. It was just such a feel good show to watch. Yeah, but we were in such like a terrible time when it came out. So yeah, and I, you know, I kind of appreciate that even Ted has kind of these like darker moments, like even mm-hmm. this toxically positive dude has mm-hmm. these moments where like life isn't great and he clashes with this therapist and the kind of scenes on Christmas with his son back home were kind of sad. Um, But I am enjoying it. I still do enjoy the show. However, everyone's talking about it and I know that I'm going to be upset slash disappointed slash questioning my Ted Lasso love by the time I get to the end. I still think you're going to love it. I oh, good. We finished it this weekend. I still love Ted Lasso. Oh, good. I think um, that Christmas episode that you just finished is great. There is one weird episode that is a real outlier. The Coach Beard episode. Have you watched it yet? No, but social I can't... media tells you everything you need to know. Dude, <laughs> that's all I know. Stop spoiling it for I yourself. Don't, oh, that's all I know. I'm, I'm nervous for that because you know he's my favorite. It's bizarre. It's Ugh. super bizarre. I'm, and I'm I was nervous. like, 
this is like a feels like a really long episode. It was the one episode I did not enjoy. Okay. Um but I think the everything after that episode, you're going to be you're going to see the show get flipped upside down and you're going to be like, "What am I watching?" I am season 3 is its redemption story. Well, a redemption story for certain people in the in on the cast. I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for you, the show's out there. It's done. Just stay off Twitter. Don't well, go looking. My goal is to finish it this week because now that the finale has aired, it's all anybody can talk about, and I, I want to experience it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I experience the season one finale unspoiled. And I think that's important. If you've never watched the show, you know, season one, everyone, whenever you would talk about Ted Lasso, people were like, what's that? What's that? And it was like this gift we were giving to people whenever we discussed it. And now Ted Lasso has kind of become like the Shit's Creek of 2021. It's all anyone can talk about. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't seen it, I think going in blind is your best bet. And I think Wendy and I talked about the finale of season one. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I do think it was kind of the perfect finale for that show. And I would have been disappointed if I had known how it ended. I don't even remember how season one ended, <laughs> to be honest. I could go back and watch it right now. I have no we idea. We can talk about it off the podcast, but um, I just wanted to experience it in real time. So I want to experience the rest of season two for myself um so i am avoiding spoilers when i see people talking about it i just scroll past i don't i don't go seeking that information but i do want to finish it this week because i feel like the lid is off and people are gonna be like it's out there i can talk about it oh for sure for sure well i just saw somebody like a huge influencer the other day on instagram and they're like everybody's talking about ted lasso is that something i should watch and i was like where have you been the last like two years? Like, yes, it's something you should watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, ugh. I just people think I think people think it's like a sports show, so they're like, oh, I'm not into that, you know? Right. Anyway, moving on from Ted Lasso. This is a real uh, uh, left turn here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been having so many hot flashes. It's awful. Yeah, I can relate to this. Awful. Well. So I'm actually technically post-menopause because a long time mm-hmm. ago I had my ovaries removed and then that put you into like immediate menopause. So it's been many, many years. But I've never really struggled with hot flashes unless it's like triggered by something. If I have a glass of wine, if I eat a lot of sugar, then then that like will trigger a hot flash. So I just like kind of try to avoid consuming a lot of those things like at one time. Um but man, I don't know what the deal is lately. I'm like sweating like crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a hot flash. It is a hot flash. I need some natural remedies. If any of our listeners deal with hot flashes, <laughs> please send them to me. Well, and I think you need to invest in like one of those handheld fans that you can just like hold up in front of your face. <laughs> like the tiny little ones just to carry around. How much would you have loved it last month at Disneyland? You well, that's just it. technically being hot. Like the I'm, I understand, but a hot flash, your body is hot. And I think mostly all you can do is ride it out. But why wouldn't you be comfortable in that moment by adding a fan or trying to cool your body down? Fair. But lucky for me, the three that I've had lately have all been at home. So mm-hmm. I just like rip off my clothes and put like shorts on or like loose flowy clothes or I jump in and take a cool shower but Mm -hmm. I just like ride it out you know just like you said I'm not gonna like bust out a fan and be like you're not watching Housewives of Beverly Hills are you Housewives of Beverly Hills (laughs) I've watched like two episodes but it is one of my goals to finish that season (laughs) Kathy Hilton always uses a fan and I wonder if it's just because she's a woman of a certain age who needs like constant air blowing on her (laughs) Yes. So I have an update recently, Wendy. You mentioned that you had purchased the Bon Maman Jam calendar. I did. Yep. Advent calendar. And I had that calendar last year. And then I realized that at this point last year, I already owned two advent calendars that I had purchased for myself. And I was very much looking forward to opening them in the month of December. And 
I don't own any yet this year. And so I have been digging deep into all of the available advent calendars this year. And we had a discussion about it on our Instagram stories. And many people weighed in with their votes on advent calendars. And here's what I've discovered. Uh, As much as I love the Jam advent calendar, it doesn't hold the same appeal for me as it did the first time I bought it for Mm -hmm. some reason. Um, That's fair. The there are a lot of beauty advent calendars out there, and I get excited for that. But then I don't necessarily want 24 mini beauty samples in my uh, house, mm-hmm. even of nice products. Like I mentioned, the anthropology calendar this weekend, they have high end beauty samples, but I don't really want 24 of anything. It's just stuff. Yeah. It's just stuff. And especially going into the holidays, we get overwhelmed with stuff. So the update that nobody asked for, but a friend of mine sent me a calendar that I was not aware existed. That is the Nespresso coffee Mm -hmm. pod advent calendar. And here's why I like it. I use Nespresso every day. Yes, I love my iced coffee in warmer weather, but In the winter, in the cooler months, I make a hot cup of coffee every day. So I know it will get used. It's like just unique enough, like different flavors of coffee will be fun, but it's not like, it's not going to build up stuff in my house. I think it'll be enough of a treat, but it's not like 24 days of candy or cookies or, which I like too, Mm -hmm. but there's plenty of that. It feels, (laughs) part of me is like... Is this 42? I'm going for that. The calendar that's like useful and kind of a treat, but not too sweet. <laughs> like, am I that person who's like, I like cake, but oh, it's just so sweet. Have I become that person? No, I haven't. <laughs> anyway, I think I'm going to go with that. Um, but now my mission is to find one for my husband because he's never had one. I mentioned before we do a family advent calendar, but he's never had one all to himself. Oh my God. I know your husband was looking for one. Did he find one he loved? No, not yet. Uh-uh. Uh, no, no. My daughter found a, uh, a, a science one, which I was like, really? Okay, that's kind of cool. It's like yeah. 25 days of little science experiments. I oh, I like know. that. I was like, who, who whose kid wants to order yeah. this? Mine? <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's that's the advent calendar update. That's exciting. I'm just really looking forward to my jams. I am looking forward to that. Make sure you get some good bread. I'm going to. The Trader Joe's brioche sliced makes a good toast in the That's too sweet for me. Oh, okay. Maybe a sourdough then. Yep, now we're talking. No, we are talking. Yes, I'm very excited. So my next update is semi-related to the fact that I am out of breath simply from running (laughs) up and down the stairs mid-podcast. And I, for the first time in mm, at least two months... Put my Apple Watch on the charger. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. I'm not saying went for a run. I did not get crazy here. I took the bare minimum. I took my Apple Watch out of the closet from its storage shelf and put it on the charger. Okay, cool. And you're going to do what with that? Well, I do find that it's motivating for me when it starts shaming me for not closing my rings. Mm -hmm. So... And many months ago, we did a Shorties Get Moving challenge in our Facebook group, and it was just a close your rings challenge. It That's all it was. But some people blew us both out of the water with the amount uh, of activity they have in a day. I came, I came in like last every single day. Me too. Me too. It's okay, though, because I got into the mode. I'm like, you're just in competition with yourself. Just close your rings, close your rings. And closing my rings wasn't even nearly enough to be competitive, but that's okay. Um we have, I have created a new challenge. I will be posting it in the Facebook group today, the day this episode goes live. So if you are in the group, look for that. If you'd like to join the group, hop on over. It's linked in our show notes. And it is a 10-day closed your rings challenge. And you can rest assured that you are likely to be more successful at it than either Wendy or I. <laughs> hey, don't try to shame me. <laughs> what are you trying to motivate me? <laughs> are you gonna charge your Apple Watch? Right after like, that's I... step one. Yeah, I gotta find it. <laughs> <laughs> and the charger. Yeah, somebody just suggested that I should wear it at nighttime when I sleep because it tracks sleeping habits. Is that true? E- yes, I think you have to set it to do that, but yes, it does. I just don't really like to wear 
I don't, yeah, I don't really want to wear that watch while I'm sleeping, you know? Right. Me either. Me either. But I'm not a good sleeper, and I am actually curious to see what my situation is at night, so. See, I'm not a good sleeper, and I know I'm not a good sleeper, and I'm not sure I really need to see the data of exactly how bad of a sleeper I am. Mm-hmm. Because what do I do with that information? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Just Other confirm. than just despair over the fact that I'm getting less quality sleep than I think I am. Well, like, I already and... know listener Heidi is a, is a walker every single day. And I mm-hmm. think listener Karen is a walker every single day. So yep. we, uh, there's going to be a lot of competition. And it's just... Basically, right, like you said, it's just for you. We're not, there's no like beating anybody or like winning anything. It's just simply like an accountability. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, but the winners know who they are, and I'm sure they are silently <laughs> celebrating. And the losers definitely know who they are. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come right back to talk faking it. So today we are discussing the concept of faking it, faking it on social media, faking it with your family, with your friends. Do you think other people are faking it with you? Um, so Wendy is going to drop a link into the show notes of an article that has some reasons why people might fake it on social media um, that include like they're hiding something or they are in this pseudo competition with their family and friends. Do you, Wendy, consider yourself to be someone who fakes it on social media? No, not really. Yeah, definitely. No. I like showing like the best stuff of my life. Sure. I think everyone's sharing their highlight reel. Right. Um, But I don't think like I'm, fooling anybody i would much rather just be like who i am uh on social media because i don't want to be like uh we meet in person and then they're like whoa she's so different on her social media you know what i mean oh for sure like i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to make anybody jealous or like be competitive with anybody like I god I hate social media I really 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 should just delete it because like it's such a mind fuck you know what I mean right uh do you fake it on social media Megan I don't think so I'm not afraid of a filter every now and then especially in stories if I'm open up my camera and I think whoa (laughs) don't necessarily want to look at that (laughs) while I'm telling this story um but I wouldn't use a filter to sell a skincare product or a new makeup product, right? Uh-huh. I wouldn't be like, look at this new foundation with this glowy filter on. No, I right. think that's faking it. Uh-huh. Um, and yes, I think what I post on social media is definitely a highlight reel. That said, I don't... Um, I have a personal Facebook account, but I don't have a personal Instagram. I don't have a personal Twitter account. I don't have a personal TikTok account. So I don't have personal social media accounts. When I see... Instagram accounts that call out heavily filtered or edited photos that show you like where a thigh gap was created or how they enhanced the curve of their hip or edited out. They made themselves, they stretched the photo to make themselves look thinner. That seems exhausting to me. Now, will I not post a photo that I feel like is not a great angle? Sure. Yes, of course. I am a human being with feelings about myself when I see that my self reflected on film. But I'm not editing in a thigh gap. I'm not <laughs> stretching a photo to make myself look thinner. So the answer is, I think, yes and no, but mostly no. I don't consider myself to be faking it on social media. Do you feel like you follow anybody whose life seems so perfect on social media? Well, I follow some big time influencers who post you know, beautiful vignettes of their outfits and their morning coffee. Uh But I don't necessarily relate to those accounts. Right. So that's the other thing is like, isn't it highly relatable to see somebody with like a sink full of dishes or a pile of laundry that needs to be folded? I think that's relatable. And I kind of want to see that stuff. Like I, I 
would have maybe more respect for people if I saw that stuff. Yeah, that said, I do like seeing the process of like, I like cleaning videos. I watch organization videos on TikTok. These like kitchen restock videos where they have these beautifully designed kitchens where their each snack bin is symmetrical and full. Like I find some satisfaction in watching that, even knowing that's never I have always said your refrigerator and pantry can be beautiful or they can be functional. <laughs> it's very hard for them to be both. Yeah, I don't believe that anybody keeps like their beautifully like stocked pantries that way after the photo is taken or the mm -hmm. video is posted. Mm -hmm. I just it's just not a reality right to me. So, um I don't know. I want to like issue a challenge of yeah. sorts if you're down for it. Okay. I want to share like a real week behind the scenes look at our life of like how we manage like things on the day to day on our like Instagram stories. Okay. And Do I you have will... a name for it? No, I don't have a, f <laughs> a fun, fancy name for it. I mean, give me a minute. I'll think of something. But I mean... And I'm going to say we can use a filter because nobody wants to look at the dark circles under my eyes. I especially don't. But I I think that um, I just wonder if, like, people can relate to us more. Like, I, I want to tell people, hey, we were normal people, too, you know? Right. And I don't think I've given anybody the impression that I have it all together, especially if you've been watching what my life looks like in the past six weeks. But um, I'm definitely into sharing more of that. Like, right. here's my bed still unmade at 2.30 in the afternoon that I'm going to make before my husband comes home. So he thinks I have it all together. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a second. Are we faking it with our kids and our spouses? Um, So this is a really interesting question. When I think about my kids, sometimes I am faking a good mood with my kids because uh -huh. sometimes I'm not 100% mentally ready to engage. But as a mom, I want my kids to, to feel like I am excited to spend time with them. Like I am excited to hear their stories. I want to be their safe place. And of course, I am excited for all of those things. But there's a balance, right? We are not robots. We're humans who are not 100% happy all of the time. We're not 100% engaged all of the time. So I do think that in some ways... I fake it in a white lie sort of way with my kids. Yeah. I don't fake the big stuff. Yeah, no, I'm not suggesting you do. I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like if I want to keep like the mood light, you yes. know, I will yes. uh, be cheerier than sure than what is necessary, maybe, or or also if if. I feel like I'm in like kind of a bad mood. If I fake that I'm in a good mood, then maybe that will actually change my real mood a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think th there's a question about faking it till you make it. And I think this is kind of a different side of that. Like, hey, I'm going to put a smile on my face and I'm going to react positively to these things, even though my attitude is very stormy and right. pure. Um <laughs> I don't think I fake it with my spouse, except to say that, like I said, sometimes I'm a grumpy evening person. I'm kind of done with my day. I'm ready to be done with the night. But I feel like those last few hours of the day just kind of get you. Uh-huh. Nobody wants to come home to a person who's in a shit mood. That's not saying I'm putting a bow in my hair and lipstick on my face and greeting him at the door. But if I walked into the door to someone who had like a dark cloud over their head all the time and was just like miserable, that's not fun. So I will sometimes just like, you know, fake a slightly more positive attitude than I am feeling. Okay, but does your spouse come home and does he think about those things when he comes home? Because I'm sure he's not always in the best mood when he comes home from work, right? Oh, for sure. He does not think that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, this is not a perfect system. I mean, there are definitely plenty of times when it's clear that I am crabby. Yeah. And I've had enough. 
Yeah. And the other day when we were at your house, I was leaving. It was like two o'clock and I was like, Ugh. I didn't w- I didn't want to deal with like the next several hours. Like yes. I didn't want to do the afternoon thing. I just wanted to yes. go home and like take a nap or do We had worked all day at your house that day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't. I have to be like engaged and like do all the things and be super mom. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Yeah, I sometimes feel like I almost wish we had the ability to have a family breakfast instead of a family dinner because I'm kind of tapped out by the time dinner rolls around Mm -hmm. and I'm not necessarily in the mood for deep conversations and connection at that point. Like I have reached my limit of stimulation for the day. Yeah. And so I definitely, and I don't know if that's necessarily fair to everybody in my house for me to feel that way or for me to act that way. Um, you know, saying it out loud, I don't think anybody should feel forced to fake a good attitude when you're not feeling it. Right. I agree. I agree. It's probably not going to stop me from doing that. The nothing makes me more angry when I am with someone and they go, why are you in a bad mood? <laughs> I'm and sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I was just like panicked for a second. Like, have I ever said that to you? <laughs> Look, I have a uh, naturally unhappy face. That's not true. My resting face. No, it is. is. My resting face, like, I am, you know, the classic RBF. I really am. And I feel like to look happy is effort. My neutral state is unpleasant. (laughs) So you hate when people ask, like, what's wrong with you? Yes. I'm like, nothing. This is my face. And honestly, if I'm being that way with you, it's probably because I'm comfortable with you. Like, I don't feel the need to turn it up to 11 when you walk in the door Uh because I, you know, I don't feel like you're going and I'm using the collective you, but you too. I don't feel like you're going to turn around and walk out the door because didn't greet you appropriately. Right. No, totally. (laughs) That's so funny. So I have a quick story about faking it with spouses. Yeah. Oh, I have a a friend who will sometimes catch me, you know, like out somewhere and, uh, you know, we'll exchange pleasantries or whatever. And then she just like will deep dive into like how terrible like her husband is. Right. Mm-hmm. Just really talk a lot of crap about him. And then on several occasions, like he will call and she like turns it up to an 11. Like is, hey, how are you? How's your day going? Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, I'll see you tonight. Love you too. Bye. And then hangs up and is like, what a fucking dick. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, like that's a lot for me to like comprehend like where you are so miserable but she tries to be so nice to him because he is kind of mean and grouchy all the time so she tries to counter that you know what I mean I was like how exhausting could that be I'm so thankful I'm not in a marriage that is like that yeah because I don't know how I would live that just sounds miserable to me and that is like the true to me is like faking it till you make it you know yeah that's like she's acting the way she wishes things were right yeah like if i'm this way then i can change the vibe yeah i just yikes yikesy yikesies so the idea of faking it until you make it do you do you subscribe to that kind of ideology in life yeah. Or in relationship. No, let's say in life. So no, because I'm a bad liar. <laughs> okay. So when people, you know, like definitely I can be like the, I'm having a bad day. Let me like, how can I turn this around? Like I'm going to, you know, do these things that make me happy in hopes that that turns my day around. But in the like, I'm going to pretend like I have a life that I don't. I don't even really know how to do that. Yeah. Are you good at that? Um, no. No. And I I think I do kind of subscribe to the idea of faking it until you make it. Yes and In no. In what like way? I'm, I'm conflicted a little bit. Okay. Like, yes 
to get through something. Like if I'm feeling anxious about whatever, it's usually about like how I look or how I feel or if I'm uncomfortable with new people or whatever. Yes, I will fake it until I get through that kind of situation, right? Um, yes, me too. But but no, because I personally don't think there's anything wrong with being vulnerable or asking for help. So like if you were in a job and you were like, I don't know, new or whatever, and you were trying to figure it out, like, do you fake it until you make it? No, I don't. I would be like, yo, I need some help. Like, I, I, it just feels risky to me. And it feels like an unhealthy view of reality. If you're just like going through life, like, yeah, I got it all together. I'm faking it. I'm faking it. You know, does that make sense? I feel like I'm just rambling here. No, I understand what you're saying. Um, I am not good at asking for help. And even when help is offered, I'm not good at accepting help. Mm -hmm. Even from people that live in my home, I'm not good at accepting help. Um, And so I have a really hard time being vulnerable. Like I want people to see me, but I don't want anybody to feel burdened by my needs so i would rather be like yes this is hard but i got it even if i'm going home and like i don't got it no that's totally fair and i completely understand that because when i was going through cancer treatment i like put on like a i'm totally managing this i got i got it i got it where i was like home alone crumbling you know what i mean Mm -hmm, like because mm -hmm. i didn't want to burden anybody else with like all the shit that i was going through So I completely understand that. Well, and I think also I get this sense of like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, whatever thing that I'm dealing with is not as bad as this other thing that somebody else is dealing with. And of course, that's a terrible mindset. Like whatever's hard for you now is hard for you now. And it does not have to be harder for you than what someone else is going through, right? Uh The Pain Olympics are a terrible game to play with yourself (laughs) and with other people. And something can be hard and it doesn't matter where it falls on the spectrum of hard things. Right. You don't, there's no like threshold of, oh, it's not that hard. So you can't be experiencing this thing. Yeah. But I am very bad at applying that to myself. Mm hmm. I understand. I, uh, I remember having a conversation with my therapist one time. I think this was like right after she started seeing patients again. Um, in person? In person. Height uh-huh. of pandemic, you know? And she was like, how's it going? And I was like, well, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, but compared to everything else in our world right now, I really shouldn't complain. And she was like, uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> Like, right. it's okay for these things to be hard for you now in this time and space. Like, why are you comparing yourself to others in terms of, like you said, the pain Olympics? Like, there's no winner here, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So that's an interesting mindset. I wonder how many other people struggle with that. I'm, I'm sure a lot, probably. I was just sitting here. I was quiet because I was thinking, I'm very curious. Um. Because I think there's two types of people, and I think, well, more than that. But at the extreme ends of the spectrum, I think there are people that are like, this isn't as bad as this other thing, and so it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. And then I think there are people who feel the need to quantify the hard thing they're going through to make it so that you understand how bad it is. When in reality, I don't need you to quantify it. I believe you when you say that it's hard. And sometimes what's hard for me wouldn't be hard for someone else or what someone else is going through wouldn't affect me in that way. Right. So these are complicated issues and my thoughts around them are not clear cutters. (laughs) Mine too. So let's, I want to talk about quickly just like faking it with friends. And Mm -hmm. do you think we have people in our lives who fake it with us? I, first of all, assume that most people do not like me and that outside of my very, 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 very close friends, I assume that people are faking it. 
Just to be pleasant with you? Yeah. Oh, why, though? Why do you think that? Why would you assume that people don't like you? Just because I'm deeply insecure. My natural state is people don't like me, and if they're spending time with me or they're including me in that thing, it's out of some sense of guilt. Ah. You know, we talked about this. Do you remember this on a previous episode? I know it came up in terms of like this social media challenge where kids are like, what percent do you like me? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And my friend Jen sent me a text and she's like, by the way, I like you 100%. Aww, <laughs> and nice. it was very sweet, but it was also really meaningful because I don't tend to assume that about people. I don't assume that anybody likes me 100%. That makes me sad, Megan. <laughs> Well, it is kind of sad when you say it like that. That being said, if you are a person in my real life who is hearing this, don't feel obligated to come tell me that you like me because then I'm going to be like, now they feel like they had to because I said right. I think nobody likes me. So right. then I'm not going to be able to receive it in the manner in which it was intended. Right. You know, I think actions in most cases speak louder than words. Wow. That just feels so... I mean, I don't have that mindset, but like putting you know myself in your shoes, I feel like... That would be so exhausting to have to, like, be questioning that all the time. Well, and I think it's part of the reason why I don't make new friends easily, mm -hmm. because I'm not super willing to be the instigator, because like I said, I assume people don't like me. So new friendships happen, when, for the most part, for me, when other people are doing the initiating. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, well, they wouldn't take the time to invite me to X or include me in Y if they didn't mean it. Yeah. But they might say yes to an invite out of whatever misguided reasons they have. Got it. So now I'm trying to think, how did we... <laughs> Oh, you were definitely the instigator. What was our dating story? I don't really remember now. <laughs> well, you know, we met on social media first, and then we were in a lot of... See, this is why our friendship worked, is because we were in a lot of blogging-related scenarios. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for us to, like, oh, I'm going to this event, are you? Like, that's how our friendship developed. And it was always, like, we had this other common thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even remember. Hmm. I like you. So, <laughs> and all you need is me. You don't need anybody else. No. That's right. Well, look, I mean, I dragged you kicking and screaming into a YouTube channel, and I should take the hint that you tried to quit it every year for three years straight. But it was not about you, though, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I hope. Yeah, but yes. <laughs> You're so funny. You are so funny. So, I feel about friendship. And faking it. Like, I really want depth from friendships. Like, mm -hmm. I am not into that surface level BS. Like, small chit chat. How are you? Like, pleasantries. Like, I just can't stand it. Like, uh -huh, uh -huh. I mean, I do it because you have to do it. But um, I just want more than that. And I just remember, like, I there was a, a woman that I would see at my daughter's school when she was younger. And there, you could just never get beneath like the that surface level like there was nothing more to her like she would never give up anything else other than mm -hmm. hello how are you whatever right um which almost kind of made it like um my everest you know what i mean <laughs> like i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna understand you more and then i just realized like oh she doesn't want to be my friend so that's fine that's Okay, I find you know I accepted that, but years of therapy have has taught me that um, faking it, which I do a lot in terms of like uh, friendships and relationships, is because it's a survival technique that's like ingrained in me because I grew up in at times a volatile household. So mm -hmm. um, if you pretend everything's okay, then you know, or that I'm, I'm good, I'm perfect, I stay quiet and little and small, then nothing's going to happen to me. And so I see myself kind of projecting that same thought 
on friendships. Like I don't share a lot of myself with people because mm -hmm. I, it makes me scared. You know, it makes, it doesn't feel like a safe place or mm -hmm. like it's too vulnerable. You know, I just don't want to get hurt. So it's really an unfair balance. Like I want so much more from people, but I'm kind of unwilling to give up myself that way too, you know? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I, for different reasons, not so much volatile childhood, but I am an empath and I deeply dislike conflict around me. Mm -hmm. And so I will do whatever it takes to eliminate that, including eliminating my own public feelings about a thing. Uh-huh. Um, and so... I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? Um, so I'm not so much afraid to share personal things about myself. In fact, I was just thinking about something that I'll share in a second. But um, I am more likely to fake an opinion about something just to keep things smooth. Oh, totally. I, especially with like politics or like the the stuff that we're in right now. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that you said that because I was just remembering uh, last year around this time, there were big wildfires in Orange County mm -hmm. and we were evacuated. And I when we came home, I went to Home Depot to replace all of our air filters because the air was so bad. And so I went to replace all of our air filters so we could start kind of scrubbing the air out of our house. And I ran into a school mom and, you know, it's October, 2020. I hadn't, I haven't seen these people. My kids had not been back to school yet. And we were both doing the same thing. And I don't know how it came up, but that same week that we were evacuated, my mom also had COVID and was also in the middle of breast cancer treatment. And I kind of was like, <laughs> like, oh, this is all that's going on on top of this. This person is, uh, someone that I'm friendly with. Our children are the same age and that's it. I mean, we've known each other for years, but we are not close. And I left thinking, what did you just do? Like, why did you just dump all of that out? Because you're so desperate for human connection after this year in your house. Um, but don't you think people appreciate that? Like if somebody came to me and was like, oh my God, li listen to my circus happening. I would yes, listen to I them. would want to be someone's place where they felt like they could do that. Yeah. But if you remember this interaction person who I saw on Home Depot, <laughs> I I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Megan, I want to hear say to you, you can always unload that crap on me all the time. Like you and do this I with do. me. No, you don't. Oh Not like God. that. I mean, I knew all that stuff was going on in your life, but it's just very much like, oh, but I can still edit this podcast. No, you need to say, Wendy, my life is a shit show. Can you handle this part of it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, and we didn't put out a podcast that week. I don't remember. I just don't think people have, people don't expect People don't expect normal life when all this other stuff is going on. I don't know. Okay. Hey, guys, are you faking it? Are you fake on social media? <laughs> Do you feel the need to fake it with your friends? Megan and Wendy at gmail.com. And we're going to come right back with... <laughs> Megan and Wendy approved. We are back with Megan and Wendy approved. And you should know that... I, we're recording this in our closets as per usual when we're not together and the light went off in my closet about 15 minutes ago and I'm nowhere <laughs> near the motion sensor and so I've just been recording in the dark for well, the past 15 minutes. pleasant. I mean, it's not bad. Right? I mean, is, is it pitch black dark in there? No, it's not, right? Uh, with the exception of my laptop screen, yes. Oh, okay. Well, whatever sets the mood. <laughs> Tell me so about your let's... approved item. You oh, go okay. first. Well, you go first. I have been um, in a book reading rut. I haven't really read anything that made me super excited to like get back and pick up my book. It's just been like, I read to fill the time. Okay, Except... I'm going to stop you right there. Wait, I'm mm -hmm. going to stop you right there. What what number are you on in terms of your 
book reading goal? I think I'm on 49 out of 52. Ah, you're close. Yeah. So, but it's really just been, I read typically before bed. I keep a book with me. You know, I read to pastime. But like I said, nothing has given me that. I got to get back to that book feeling until the last two books that I read. I'm going to name them both. I'll talk about them quickly. The first was The Heart Principle by Helen Huang, who um, wrote both The Kiss Quotient and The Bride Test. She writes neurodivergent main character romance novels. And this is the third book in this universe, but you do not need to have read the other books. She briefly mentions the other characters. She tells you everything you need to know about them as you're reading it. So, um, it she writes, she writes a little naughty too. Was this a little bit of a naughty book too? (laughs) Yeah. It's a little bit of a naughty book. And this was my favorite of the three. Um, I really loved the two main characters in this book. I feel like this, um, you know, she deals with the reality of, in this case, there's always a character in her books that are on the autism spectrum. And in this case, um, interestingly enough for our conversation here, there's a woman who realizes as an adult, she gets um, an autism diagnosis and she has spent much of her life masking the parts of her that manifest as a result of being on the autism spectrum and the results of that. Um, and so it's faking it to an extent, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great book and it deals with um, family dynamics and aging parents. And yes, it's got plenty of naughty scenes and it was the kind of book <laughs> that I didn't want to put down and kept wanting to come back to. And the other book is the two lives of Lydia bird. And in the very beginning of the book, um, the main character is engaged and her fiancé is killed in a car accident and she is obviously dealing with grief. But there is something that happens in the book that kind of gives her the opportunity to see how her life might have played out. It's not time travel. You just need to read it. Um, And so these kind of two parallel universes play out in the book. It was really interesting to read. I kind of had a hint of how it was going to end, but um, I thought they did a really nice job of dealing with, you know, when the love of your life dies and you're 28 years old, and what does that mean for your life? And what does that mean? How do you grieve that person while also going on with your life? Um, It's a romance novel. What I really loved is the main character is not necessarily the hero of this book. She does not behave perfectly as much as people are rallying around her and trying to lift her up. She also has kind of her own path. These were unput downable books for me. They kind of got me out of my reading rut. They reminded me that when in doubt, just go romance and or chiclet, which I absolutely hate that term, <laughs> but there's not a better term. Beach reads, that's not a better term. They're all these light, fluffy terms. We don't talk that way about novels that were written for dudes, right? Right. Soapbox aside, (laughs) these were great books that took my mind off life for a little bit. Well, hey, now are you sad that you're done with them? I am. I am very sad that I'm done with them. (laughs) Well, just, just watch Ted Lasso, please, and then find a new book. So mine is not that exciting compared to all this new book reading that you loved um it's the trader joe's original savory thin crackers so stupid i Uh, love a trader joe's cracker well okay so two notes here if you follow or if you subscribe to our patreon last week's friday five for me was the last five things that i purchased at trader joe's just regular old groceries these were not on that list because i was introduced to them over the weekend at my brother's house for we got together for a birthday dinner and they had these crackers there and I don't they're just small little round crackers you put some cheese on them or meat or whatever but they have like a tang about them okay that I find so enjoyable and I think they're made of like they might be like rice crackers I really don't know like I don't know they're just tasty and I like them and they're thin and crispy and crunchy and I could eat the whole whole little sleeve of them what did you put on them 
Well, she had a beautiful like charcuterie board and I put a little bit of salami and a little bit of brie and a little bit of cheddar. Yeah, whatever. That sounds delightful. They were yummy. And let me tell you, my brother's birthday, he wanted Thanksgiving dinner for his birthday. I love everything about that. And it was so yummy, but now I feel like my Thanksgiving box has been ticked, so I don't need like a Thanksgiving <gasps> dinner for November. I think I want to do like a prime rib for Thanksgiving this year. Are you hosting Thanksgiving? That is still to be determined. I don't I know. See. So, and if I do, I think I'm going to serve a prime rib. I'll be honest, the protein portion of Thanksgiving is secondary. Right? To you, all of the sides. I like all the sides. Give me every single side. I don't I don't care about turkey or whatever. No, I don't either. I mean, I, I enjoyed the turkey. I mostly enjoyed in a turkey sandwich after the fact. But my plate is like one-tenth turkey, nine-tenths. Everything else. Decadent side dishes. Yes. Yeah. I remember we used to go to, um, what is that? Boston Market? You know that, oh, that Boston Market? Yes. Okay, so... They have a, I don't even know if they have it anymore, but you could get like three side dishes. And that's what I would get when we would go there. I don't need your chicken or whatever. <laughs> Just give me the mashed potatoes and the corn and the whatever. And cinnamon apples. Oh, yeah. We used to go, there was a Boston market near my college. I loved that. I don't, does that still exist? It does. There's one near my house, but we never, ever, ever go to it. Never. Maybe it, that needs to be dinner tonight. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I can get down with the Boston market. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Long Story Short, the podcast. Hey, we've had a couple of new ratings and reviews roll in. So if that was you, thank you. We appreciate it. But you guys, we can never get enough. So if you have a second, hop on over to meganandwendy.com slash Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and slash or a written review. And we'll be back with more Long Story Short on Thursday with our Girls Gone Hallmark review of South Beach Love. Can you hear it in my voice? (laughs) Woof, guys. Come back for that. I just can't wait for Christmas is all I'm saying. And have a great week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) 